Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or star WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Pet Talk. This is the Behavior Edition with Lori Fass, and I'm here today to talk to you about your pet's behavior and some random other topics. And uh, it is a call-in show, so I'd love to have you. And if you'd like to call in, the numbers are 860-522-WTIC. And I just got here, so all the lines are open. Uh, when you call, you will speak directly to Kevin, our producer. He'll put you on hold, and then as soon as I can get to you, I'll put you on the air. And um, if you wanted to talk to me but you don't really feel like calling in, or you can't, or maybe when the show is over you think of something and you would like to address it and have a conversation, um, I do tell people that I'm happy to talk to people off the air. And if you want my off-the-air contact information, the best way to get that is to check my website, which is lorifassdogtraining.com, and it'll have an email and a phone number. And uh, many people have taken me up on that, and that's great. Um, and if you are a regular listener to the show, you know that this show is unique in that um, there are different editions of the show. This being the behavior edition, and then I alternate with Dr. Dennis, and she does the veterinary edition. So if you have behavior issues that you want to discuss, I'm probably the better person to call. If you have um, medical issues, then you should probably call her. And generally, we do a kind of a even rotation. It's me, it's her, it's me, it's her. But this month is a little different because I'm going to be here again next week and uh, Dr. Dennis will be on the following week. So I know that's a little confusing. Sometimes I have to look in my own schedule to see because I get confused. So um, I do post that information on my website. So if anybody cares when I'm on the air, you can just check my website on my WTIC page and I put up the times that... Uh, that I'll be on the air. Anyway, I was just uh, chatting a little bit uh, with John Matulis from Law Talk. We kind of cross paths as I come into the studio and he's leaving. And I was kind of curious about um, 
you know, I didn't hear the last part of what he said. I was listening to him in my car, but once I got into the the building, um, I couldn't really hear what he was saying anymore. And I wanted to know uh, if the landlord of the home where the dog owner had a dog who ran off and bit somebody, if the land, if the landlord was liable in any way. And he said no. Um, but he also said that uh, – the law in that regard may possibly change if a landlord is well aware that the dog has a history of being aggressive and continues to allow the dog to live in his property. But it doesn't exist like that right now. But, you know, things change. Um, and, uh, you know, we were discussing how different breeds of dogs are listed on homeowners insurance policies as breeds that um, – you know, you won't get insurance for. And I know of two ways that one can make an exception for that. Some insurance companies will actually send people to your house to meet your dog. Um, and of course, I know these things because people contact me if they don't think their dog is behaving properly. So I remember I was working with a dog that was, he was it was a mix. It was probably part pit bull. And um, the dog acted a little bit nutty when people first came to the door. So I was there for training to get the dog to be quiet and to calm down so that we didn't have quite the scene when somebody first came over. And uh, part of the reason they wanted to do that is because they were having an insurance agent come over to meet the dog to see if they would be qualifying for an insurance policy from that particular company. So apparently the insurance agent came out to the house and the dog behaved and uh, everything was great and they got their insurance. So I'm happy about that. So some, in some cases, they'll, as I say, actually send people out to the house. Um, and another instance, um, I got a call from someone who had a German Shepherd and she was having trouble getting homeowner's insurance. And she told me that uh, she was referred to me by her insurance company. And I said, well, that's unusual. And I guess the reason that they uh, referred me is because I am a canine good citizenship evaluator. And they went on the AKC website to see who might be an evaluator. And they gave her my name. And so there's another exception that if you're having trouble getting homeowner's insurance for your dog, if you can get them to pass a canine good citizenship test, some uh, policies will allow you to go ahead and get insurance for your house with your dog having passed the uh, AKC canine good citizenship test. So anyway, um, I shared that with John <laughs> and um I think I it warranted sharing with the rest of you that um, uh, that information might be helpful. So it's not all insurance companies are just across the board, forget it, no way, we're not doing it, okay? But, you know, kind of on a similar note, I see these news stories constantly where dogs get loose, dogs are roaming, dogs are escaping the yard, and causing very serious injury to people. And, you know, I think sometimes people don't understand how bad it can get. Uh, a lot of dogs, the worst they're going to do is scare you, nip you, be annoying, very superficial. But, you know, if you were to go on the um, website that tracks dog bites and fatalities, um, you would see that 
people die from dog attacks. And a lot of times law enforcement is kind of limited if a dog gets loose and doesn't really do anything awful. Um, you know, they they really aren't supposed to be imposing too many restrictions. And, you know, I can't say that that's necessarily a bad policy because, as I say, a lot of dogs um, really won't do anything. They're just more annoying. Uh, they might give you a little scratch, but that's pretty much as far as they're going to take it. Not that I'm saying that I think that is okay, but to just get really heavy-handed with, you know, we're going to take this dog, we're going to put this dog down. I think that that would that type of policy would do more harm than good. It would be nice if people just were more responsible. But, you know, I can wish for a lot of things, but uh, that's probably not going to happen because people are awfully irresponsible with a lot of other things besides their dogs. But on kind of a funny note, um, as I say, I sort of follow, you know, these dog bite situations and these horrible stories. But apparently, I don't remember what state it was in, but uh, it wasn't Connecticut. And several neighbors called the police because there was a vicious dog running around the neighborhood. And there's a, a video of the police showing up, and the vicious dog is about 10 pounds. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how vicious it could be, but, you know, sometimes I think of these little pipsqueak dogs. I mean, they can bite, they can hurt you, but, you know, I, I imagine taking a laundry basket and plopping it on their head like a like you'd capture a bug or something like that. And uh, when the cop got out of his car, he said, hey, how you doing, Toto? <laughs> and managed to just sort of shoo the dog back home and, and close the gate. But, you know, you don't know. I mean, somebody's calling and saying there's a vicious dog. Well, yeah, you got to check it out. But if it's a little 10-pound yappy pipsqueak, you know, come on, guys, let's let's try to keep calm here and see things in perspective. <laughs> so anyway, so that was just sort of a segue from uh, from law talk. But um, I think maybe we're going to go to a break, and we'll be right back. If I get to buy Welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. You're listening to Lori Fass on this Behavior Edition, and I'm here to take your calls. If you'd like to call in, I'd love to hear from you. The numbers are 860-522-WTIC, which is 860-522-9842. And I'm here until 2. And so you have a little bit of time to think about what your question might be or your statement or whatever you want to say. Anyway, um, I was talking to a friend of mine and I happened upon some, well, I kind of knew about this before, but I asked if they'd ever heard of cat or dog food made with bugs. And they thought I meant food that accidentally got infested with some kind of bugs, which that can happen too. But no, I'm I'm actually talking about food that's deliberately made with insects. So um, she was very perplexed by this. She thought I was kidding, but I'm not kidding. Um, apparently there is both dog and cat food made, as far as I know, uh, with crickets and also, um, and this one just really sounds disgusting, but <laughs> black soldier fly larvae, okay? And the claims for these foods are that they're very sustainable, they have a lot of nutrients, they, um, you know, they're 
great nutritious snacks for your so they have biscuits and they have food with this stuff in it and the names of these foods well one is named bug alicious uh, another brand is love bug there's also um Jiminy, as in Jiminy Cricket. And I am not making this up. So, you know, I thought my first reaction is, ah, that's pretty disgusting, right? Sounds pretty disgusting. But, you know, in reality, there are many people around the world who eat insects. It's not, or bugs or creepy crawly whatevers. Um, I know, you know, I did a little Google search on where these things are most popular. And apparently in rural Ghana, uh, 60% of their food source is from insects. And, you know, I mean, we think of it as disgusting. It sounds disgusting. But on further reflection, I have to say that if you look at a shrimp, (laughs) A shrimp kind of looks like a bug. I mean, I don't want to ruin it for you shrimp lovers out there, but they are these little weird segmented, squishy looking, I mean, they're not attractive looking things, but we're used to seeing them, we're used to eating them, so we don't think anything about eating a shrimp. Or if you look at a lobster, a lobster yeah, kind of looks like a big scorpion. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of difference between what a, I mean, a scorpion is pretty teeny. I don't know if anybody eats scorpions, but um, <clears throat> so the idea that insects might have some sort of nutritional value that's actually good really isn't crazy. Um, I remember when I was a kid, um, one of my friend's fathers for Christmas, and I don't think it was a joke, although to me it seemed like a joke, they would every year give him chocolate-covered ants. And apparently chocolate-covered ants are something that, uh, you know, that's a thing. You know, they didn't have to go out in the garden and catch ants and pour a bunch of melted chocolate. You can buy this. And then he would also get, as a Christmas gift, please don't anybody give this to me, um, a can of some, I think they were like crickets or grasshoppers and they were in oil. I mean, it looked really like, yeah, no, no, thank you. But apparently, you know, I mean, I, I don't think it was given to him like, ha, 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 we gave you a, a gag gift because he would eat them. He, he wasn't real talkative about it, but um, I'm just saying these things exist. So would I try this for my pet? Honestly, I think a lot of my squeamishness about it is probably just in my head. Um, I I mean, I know my cat goes around the house and catches bugs and eats them. Um, And it's pretty hard to stop her from doing that. And I think most people who have cats have seen their cats do this, where they go around capturing various little bugs and and eat them. And, And dogs will eat bugs, eat worms. Um, I remember seeing uh, years ago, I don't even know if this exists anymore. It might, but, you know, it's not like real popular on the media. But every year in this country, there is some kind of an earthworm recipe bake-off. And um, people will make, uh, you know, earthworm brownies and earthworm uh, casseroles. And I don't even know what. But, uh, you know, obviously birds like earthworms. It works well for them. But... These bug-based pet foods seem to be uh, being promoted quite a lot, and I am curious if anybody has tried this for their pet or would try it. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I think that a lot of my hesitation is it sounds and looks disgusting. Um, but what I think sounds and looks disgusting is not going to be something. I mean, think about what dogs like to eat. I mean, they like to eat stuff that's disgusting, or at least by our standards, disgusting. And we are so used to eating certain things a certain way that, you know, the idea of something different um, I mean, like, for example, organ meats. Um, most people don't think organ meats are yummy, delicious, let's let's eat that. But uh, they contain a lot of nutrition. Uh, I know some people like liver, but liver has a lot of nutritional value. Uh, kidneys, um, you know, all, all these kinds of things. And uh, those things to give to your pet provided that they're prepared and they're sanitary and they don't have, you know, some bacteria growth in them are actually very good. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that just the idea of feeding something that to us seems like it looks yummy um, isn't necessarily reflective of whether or not it has the best value nutritionally for your pet. So I'm not saying I'm endorsing insect-based foods because to be honest with you, I really don't know. But what I am saying is that I think it's an interesting idea. Um, a lot of these companies that are trying to promote it and endorse it are trying to say that, you know, yeah, these things have a broad range of nutritional value that um, are as good or maybe even exceeding the muscle meat as opposed to the organ meat that we put in commercial pet food. And I know a lot of commercial pet food tries to make it look like something appealing for a person. So a lot of times when they do that, they'll add artificial colors and, you know, things that really aren't nutritious um, just to make it look like something that we might think is is appealing. So just because something looks like it might be good does not necessarily mean that it is good. So it's something that it keeps popping up uh, in the various things that I'm looking at, and I looked into a little more. And as I said, it seems to be much more widespread and available than I ever thought it was, both for cats and dogs. But yeah, would I try it? Well, I might if if I had some. I don't think I'm going to buy 30 pounds of bug-based dog food, <laughs> but. I don't think I could handle that. But if there was like a little sample pack of biscuits somewhere, yeah, maybe I might try it. But anyway, not me. I'm not going to eat it. But see if my dogs like it. See if my cat likes it. And as I said, we're going to go to a break in just a little sec here. But if anybody has tried it, um, I'd love to hear uh, some feedback on that. And probably a lot of you just never even heard of such a thing. But um, anyway, so now you know. Now you can't unknow it. So... So the, if you want to try cricket or black soldier fly larva pet food, uh, go for it. See what happens and let me know. Um, anyway, we're going to need to go to a break and we'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I drank a little wine. Was as happy as could be. Happy as could be. Now I'm just like a cat on a haunting roof. Baby, what do you think you're doing Hello to me? Welcome back to this week's edition of Pet Talk. You're listening to Lori Fass on this behavior edition of the show. We have Kathleen who's on hold and has been very patient. Uh, but I'm here until 2, so if you would like to call in, the numbers are 860-522-WTIC. And let's see if I can get Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Oh, that's um, good. Uh, listening to your discussion of uh, insect-based diet. Okay. Just, uh, yes, I I guess I called in with a comment. Okay, I'm happy to hear it. And um, I, the question is, aren't our dog and cat carnivore? And... Uh, what I've seen happen, I, I no longer have a dog at this point, uh, but I've had two, is the brain-based kibble and dog food that is out there is killing our dogs and our cats because they're carnivores, but they've been switched over to this brain plant-based diet. And now we're seeing, you know, obesity in our animals, diabetes, joint problems, and cancer. That probably was there 100 years ago, but not to the degree that we see now. Well, I think a lot of the... I think a lot of the commercial foods are very processed and have a lot of extra junk in there um, that really is not necessary. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's, it's sort of like you don't want to eat a lot of processed food either. Uh, some of the commercial foods are better than others, but, you know, I really think that uh, if you were going to make the best possible food, you would make it yourself. But you need to take the responsibility to make sure that you're making that balance and you're adding everything that you need. Uh, but I don't think, I, I think with a little bit of support, it's not that hard to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, what do you think about feeding your pets these insect-based foods? <laughs> I think it's I I think it's just um, ridiculous. 
You don't think you it's know, a good I, idea? I, if, <laughs> no. If I saw my dog or my cat chasing after crickets and grasshoppers, then maybe I could see the logic in it. But, <laughs> well, uh, some dogs do that. Cats definitely do that. But I don't know how sustainable that is. But, you know, honestly, I don't know that much about it. For all I know, you know, adding some some of these insect protein sources uh, might be beneficial. Like I said, you know, just researching around the globe, there are other cultures in other countries that sustain them themselves with various types of insects. To us, my knee-jerk reaction anyway is, that's disgusting, but maybe I'm wrong. I really don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I, I, I tend to think that we're, well, I, I think humans are classified as omnivores, uh-huh. But our, our dogs and cats are carnivores. Well, cats I, I, are I, 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 cats are um, are definitely carnivores, but dogs are there's um another word to describe dogs that's not a I think a, a, I'm going to use the wrong word so I'm not going to say it. But cats are flat out not the scientific word carnivores. Dogs are have evolved to eat things that, you know, it's not bad for a dog to have some other items besides just meat, apparently. Um, so, you know, dogs' digestive system and the way they process food is a little bit different than cats. Okay. So. I guess I'm thinking uh, back on my two dogs. The only time I ever saw them eat grass uh-huh. was when they weren't feeling well. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they like to eat. Um, my One of my dogs loves romaine lettuce. Okay. And uh, most dogs like carrots and bits of apple uh, and things like that. So a, a lot of dogs enjoy fruits and vegetables. Um, and I, yeah. don't, I don't think it's bad for them. Did you ever give okay. your dog any of those things? Yes. Actually, my uh, first dog was a golden retriever, and he loved apple cores. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I, I mean, I think dogs are a little bit more scavengery than cats. Um, cats, so, you know, in that sense, maybe cat food, a lot of the commercial cat food is probably worse for cats than some of the commercial right. dog food for dogs. But, the, I mean, there's a lot to get into with that. And, you know, I mean, when you're talking about what is a complete protein for a cat, all the different amino acids involved and what's a complete protein for a human versus a dog and you know, do, do bugs contain all of these things? I don't know. You know, I really don't. It just, you know, I just saw this and I was just sort of taken aback by it. But, you know, I don't want my own squeamishness to color, you know, it possibly it is helpful. I have no clue whatsoever. You know, it could be just some sort of cheap way to make money. Oh, let's use bugs. They're cheap. Let's throw them in there. Make it sound like it's a great idea. Or it could be, hey, you know what? There's some, some merit to this. And which of those is true? I have no clue at all. <laughs> but I, thought I maybe... know. <laughs> so, I mean, I would suppose a little, you know, if I gave my dog a biscuit made with crickets, I really don't think that's going to hurt them. But if I decided, oh, I'm going to, we're going to have an all cricket based dog food system from henceforward. I don't, I don't know about that. You know, I mean, maybe it'd be great. I don't know. But with my own right. pets, I tend to um, vary what their protein source is anyway. I don't feed them the same thing over and over and over again because I don't think that's right. good. So, you know, we don't always get the same dry this, that. It's Sometimes you get chicken. Sometimes you get lamb. Sometimes you get fish. 
Um, and I just keep changing it up. And I think that dogs that are fed the same thing over and over and over again, especially some dried kibble that's even if it's started with a good ingredient, by the time you get it down to a little kibble bit, um, you've processed the heck out of it. So, I mean, that's my opinion on that. But (laughs) I don't know. I don't know the crickets and stuff. What's that? Thank you for taking my call. Oh, well, lovely speaking with you. (laughs) And if you find anybody that's uh, feeding their pets crickets and um, black fly, black soldier fly larvae, tell them to give me a call. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thanks, Laura. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, so that phone call was prompted by, I started in the beginning of the show talking about how there's all these commercial foods now, um, and they have crazy names, Bugalicious, Jiminy, Jiminy Cricket Food, Love Bug. I mean, this isn't a joke. So, you know, again, it's it's beyond me if this is like some kind of crazy idea or if it's a great idea. I have no clue at all. Maybe if I figure it out, we'll revisit that. But for right now, it's a mystery. But we'll leave it at that. And I think we'll go to a break and be right back. And a square in the act can set music back to the caveman days. Hello, welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. I'm here for the next 10 minutes to talk to you about your pet's behavior or if you should feed your dog or cat food made with bugs. (laughs) Anyway, I'll be here again next week and the following week will be Dr. Dennis. And uh, if you want to try and get in today's show, it's 860 522-WTIC, or if you'd like to contact me off the air, check out my website, which is laurifassdogtraining.com. And uh, I guess we're going to continue the the bug-eating discussion with Joe, if I can get him up here. Hi, Joe. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. What's up? (laughs) Oh, I got a good one for you. Remember back in the early 70s when we had the gypsy moth infestation? Um, I don't know, maybe before your time, but I had a dog, Bosco. Yeah. He used to eat hundreds of them, hundreds of them every night. He couldn't wait to get out every (laughs) night to eat them and never did nothing to him. I mean, he used to eat them. I used to, like, I couldn't believe how many many he used to eat. He He couldn't get enough of them. Wow. Well, I remember uh, reading about how, uh, you know, when we have the... um what are those big gigantic bugs that come out once every seven years? Or the, cicadas. Yeah, cicadas, right, that um, people were saying uh, in these various articles, well, dogs like to eat them. Don't worry. They're not harmful for dogs. So if your dog goes out and eats a bunch of cicadas, don't feel bad about it. So I guess Bosco would probably be an endorser for the bug-based uh, pet <laughs> foods, right? I love it. <laughs> So you you tell them that the bugs does not hurt hurt doggies or cat kitty cats. <laughs> well, okay, I guess uh, you know maybe we're onto something here. I don't know. <laughs> All right, dear. God bless. Okay, thanks for calling. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, if you just tuned into the show, you probably think we're really losing our mind here, but I was talking about how it's a real thing that there's dog and cat food made with bugs and crickets and 
larva and I don't know what else. I, I don't know about making them with uh, cicadas or gypsy moths. <laughs> Maybe that needs to be the next ingredient. I have no idea. And I guess I was just trying to you know throw it out there. I don't you know I don't really think it's like bad, but I wonder how good it is. Is it is it an upgrade? Is uh, ha- having bugs as your protein base uh, somehow an improvement over what we use now? I don't know, but uh, it, it, it is a real thing. And uh, if I if I ever completely figure it out or get more information, I will revisit that because uh, it's a it's a kind of conundrum for me here. So anyway, I'm I'm really going off topic on crazy things today, but uh, I'm gonna throw one more crazy topic out there. Um, a friend of mine was talking to me about a movie that she was watching. And uh, the name of the movie is called Spinning Out of Control. And it's basically about a young woman who started her own business with uh, like a work workout and sort of like the Peloton bike where she's on there giving you your personal workout. And then this other woman who's, you know, quite psychotic who becomes obsessed with her and then ends up kidnapping her. And the reason that my friend... Uh, told me about this movie was because when the crazy woman kidnapped the businesswoman, in order to keep her captive, she put a dog containment collar on her. You know, it's like an invisible fence type thing. And um, the the woman who was being kidnapped, if she got anywhere near the wire, uh, would start screaming and grabbing her neck and writhing around on the ground. And, uh, you know, I said to my friend, oh, come on, you know, I mean, that, that's a little exaggerated. And she was getting mad at me saying, well, you know, it's, it's just a movie. <laughs> and so, of course, now that she said that, I'm going to have to watch them stupid movie so I'm watching the stupid movie now and you know it is kind of a cheesy movie so then we get to the part where she's kidnapped her in this cabin with this with the collar on and sure enough you know she's writhing around on the ground screaming mercilessly like this thing is absolutely killing her and uh the um the the kidnapper said yeah haha I took the safety off I have no idea what the safety is, but, you know, (laughs) knowing what I know about these collars, number one, it does not give off that degree of some sort of zap. It just, no, it's, it's not like that at all. It's supposed to be something that your pet wants to avoid. If it's not something your pet wants to avoid, then they're going to walk through the system. But I'm sure we all know uh, dogs will say, you know what? I want to go and chase that rabbit and to heck with your stupid zap. And I've got to tell you, from where I'm sitting, if I'm kidnapped by some kind of psychopath, I think that, uh, yeah, it would have to, the zap would have to be like what they were portraying in this movie. And it's not, okay? So I can't watch these movies without saying to myself, okay, that's not realistic. And then, of course, I know enough about how these collars work that I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, the probes do unscrew. So, you know, if she's wearing this collar, the thing has got some kind of padlock on it, so she can't get it off of her neck. You could just reach in there and unscrew the stupid things. Well, I guess, you know, in the it's just a movie. She didn't know that. Or how about we take a piece of folded up paper or you know, cloth or, you know, shower curtain and fold it up and stick it under the probes. And then we're kind of making the whatever zap is supposed to be coming. Or how about we take the wire and we break it or we 
twist it around because if you twist it around, it will negate the signal. Okay, so in other words, when people put these systems up, if they want to have a part where it's not going to send a signal to the receiver collar, they'll put the wires very close to one another because it has to be a complete loop is the way it's set up. So if you take the wires and mush them together, then you're going to negate the signal. So here I'm thinking about all the different ways that these collars actually work. And um, But I did watch the movie, didn't I? So anyway, uh, I just thought it was really crazy that... Uh, you know, they, they had this where, you know, this person is getting zapped. But I guess the part that um, disturbed me the most is if those types of collars sent out that high of a signal, yeah, they'd be pretty cruel. And uh, I don't think anybody would be using them, I would hope. Um, and even if they were adjustable, if they adjusted up to that level of, of something, I can't even imagine. But, uh, you know. Here I am trying to analyze all these different things. Yet, by the same token, I do watch shows like The Walking Dead where, you know, dead corpses that don't even have any muscle tissue anymore are managing somehow to move around. And I buy that. So <laughs> why I'm not going to buy that uh, one of these containment collars is it, that's not going to work. And I'm not going to, you know, I can't get into the movie because I think it's a bunch of nonsense. Well, I don't know. That's just my mindset, I guess. So anyway, um, it's been a very weird, very weird uh, winter with practically no snow. So it's kind of odd that we're getting this weird weather, colder, wet, yucky, snowy weather now. Um, but just remember, it is going to be daylight savings time. You want to push your clock forward tonight, which I always hate doing, um, but my animals seem to like it. You know, if I get up an extra hour early to let them out, they're all about it. <laughs> so when I have to take an hour away from them, they're like, oh, come on, aren't you supposed to get up? But if I get them up uh, an hour earlier uh, to uh, feed them and let them out and do what I've got to do, uh, I've never had any of them complain. Yet, I do know people who have, particularly dogs, who they get the people get up early and the dog doesn't want to get up i remember somebody called me and said that uh, her husband wanted, gets up really early and wanted to get the dog out and the dog didn't want to go out and uh, was kind of giving him a hard time and i said well if the dog doesn't want to go out early why would you even take it out i mean if if my dogs were willing to sleep in hey good sleep in i don't care that's fine with me, but, you know, as I say, most people's pets, if you get them up an hour early, it's time to go out, it's time to eat, they're fine with that. But just so you know, remember to push your clock forward, not back, because then you'll be two hours out of sync, um, and uh, hopefully your animals will be okay with that, and you'll be okay with that, and I hate it, and I can't wait till they do away with this. So, I again, we'll be back here next week. And the following week will be Dr. Dennis. And we've got some little St. Patrick's Day music kind of going in the background, which tells me it's just about time to wrap up the show. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And thanks for tuning in.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.